So a little short word before I begin my actual homily. I kind of went back and forth with a few options this week, as is pretty normal. Um, But I want to invite you, particularly those who are married and those who are engaged, and um, but all of us really, to, to read this gospel passage again this week and to read and pray with the catechism section on marriage. It begins with number 1601. It goes to like 1620 or so. It's the, the church is just is like a summary teaching, just a cliff notes. There's some real richness that is there. And one of the things is, is that this is Jesus' first public miracle. This is first public miracle, and it is an intentional thing that it happens at a wedding. It happens at a wedding. And the Lord is wanting to show the sanctity and the holiness of marriage. That it is a sacrament that unites us more profoundly with the Lord. And that is a a means of our own sanctification for those who live this vocation of marriage. You know, the catechism section speaks very clearly like, hey, marriage is hard. Not because of marriage, but because of our fallen human nature. Because of sin. But actually, the things that are difficult in marriage, when cooperating with the Lord's grace, become the means of our conversion and sanctification. And a witness to the world of the light and the love and the fidelity of God. So I want to invite you, again, particularly those who are married and those who are engaged, to read this gospel passage again and to read and pray with the catechism section, beginning with 1601 and following on marriage. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, our hearts, our souls fertile soil, Lord, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a punt, all right? It's something with this, this piece about marriage and relationship. I, again, I, I went back and forth so many times. I have this other homily, but we're going to punt. It's good. It's good. You don't know how many times this actually happens. I'm just telling you this time. This time. Um, the difficulties that we experience in relationships, and again, we need to speak with great reverence here because there's a, there's a great spectrum from just kind of human, normal human difficulty to like serious abuse. So 
Again, we need to, when we're speaking about this, we're speaking in reverence, and, and there's, there's the extreme cases in which the, the abusive cases and these things, it's like, we don't mess around there. We, we run for help. We run for help. But in the typical lived reality of human life, whether it be friendships, siblings, marriage, dating, we're going to bump into each other. We just are. Part of the fall, right, is, is our fall in human nature. And we, when at a wedding, one of the most popular scripture passages to be read at a wedding is from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But love is patient and love is kind. It's not jealous. It's not pompous. It's not boastful. It's not self-seeking. Like, Why does St. Paul have to say this? Because part of our fallen human nature, we tend to be pompous and self-seeking and jealous and selfish and not kind and I want my way. And, and we can tend to, in relationships, right, think that like I'm the center here and everyone else needs to revolve around what I want or what I like. And um, I mean, I never struggle with this really. This ain't a... <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> um, but those difficulties in relationship, we can get caught. I can get caught in like, gosh, just like looking at the problem. Whether it be the relationship itself or particularly the, the fault of the other person. And then we get caught and we get stuck. Because that, that becomes our focus is like, the, the fault of the other, the difficulty of the other, the thing there, and boom, like emotions begin to swirl, and those emotions just confirm more and more that I'm right and the other person is wrong, and you know, like actual reason is just like, it's, we're just waving at it, goodbye, maybe we're kicking it out the door, you know, like, see you later, I want to think rationally about this, just want to be right. But these opportunities are opportunities to grow in love. To grow in our hearts being configured more to the heart of Jesus Christ and loving like Him. And if we can, can see this, these difficulties in, in relationship, again, we're speaking with reverence, so there's, there's these extreme cases um, that again, we, we just run, run for help. But, but in the normal day-to-day -day things, like, okay, here's an opportunity. Again, there's a great spectrum here too. And, and there's a reality that hopefully two people are seeking to try to do this same thing. That's not always the case. And that becomes more difficult. But where here is the Lord asking me to be kind and generous and patient and forgiving? He is asking me to presume the best of the other. That he is asking me to extend myself here. And we don't, we don't want to do so in an unhealthy way that would become a doormat and people are just running over us. Like we need, there needs to be fraternal correction and, and everything that's there. But from a place of being rooted in the Lord's love for us and our desire to love the other. Because relationships, just like marriage in a, in a unique way as well too, said this before, are schools of love. 
We do not grow in patience unless there is an opportunity to do so. We do not grow in forgiveness unless there is an opportunity to do so. Courage is only exercised when there is something difficult or fearful in front of us and we need to persevere in the midst of it. Love is exercised, right, when there's an opportunity to give of myself for the good of the other person. Sometimes that is moved with great emotion and it's easy and fun and joyful. And sometimes it looks like Jesus on the cross. One simple little thing that is life-changing when we are in these difficulties, whether it is a, a challenge we're meeting in life or a difficulty in relationship, where we turn our interior gaze makes all the difference in the world. The wedding feast at Cana, they ran out of wine. Now, if you've ever been to uh, a wedding in South Louisiana, you know, like, that's not a good thing. But if you've ever been to a wedding in first century Israel, it's worse. Because the wedding was seven days long. Like, we think we know how to party. The wedding reception was seven days long. Right? And it's all in moderation. That's why maybe they did, maybe we're doing in one day what we should be doing in seven days, you know? Part of the problem. But they run out and it's embarrassing. Right? It's, they're fearful. You can imagine the people who are hosting it are just like, I can't believe this. And all of the anxiety and the worry, like, what we're going to do, this is embarrassing. What are people going to think? But then Mary steps in. And Mary says to Jesus, they have no more wine. And again, we have to understand that Jesus is kind of being playful with Mary. Hey, what, what does this have to do with you and I? My hour has not yet come. And she's like, whatever. Do whatever he tells me. Do whatever he tells me. And so at this point, the servers and the host, they're in their relationship, right? Their attention is on Jesus. They're not focusing on the empty wine jugs. And when their intention is on Jesus, then there's like, okay, all right, Lord, here, you're like, now it's your problem, okay? And he tells them what to do. And there's a miraculous, a miraculous provision. So in the midst of relationships, when we're struggling in difficulty, and we think, okay, well, gosh, Father told me I need to be patient, I need to be forgiving, I need to be loving. You know what? Well, I wish I would have never heard that homily. Um, but in that moment, if we're just looking at our own ability to do it, we're going to be like the servers are like, are you kidding me? I just don't have it. Look at the jug. It's empty. Let's run away to some other party. Let's not press in here. But then when the attention is on Jesus, 
There's a confidence and a trust in him. Lord, you are asking me to love this way. Within marriage, within friendship, within family. And so I am trusting you to give me the grace to do so. And what is Jesus' answer? This is my body. Given up for you. perfection of love. This is my body given up for you. Not just as an example, a literal gift to be received into our soul. He gives us his heart in the Eucharist to love others. So as you come to receive the Eucharist today, Maybe there's one or a few people that you need to ask the Lord to increase his heart in you to love them better. Every single Mass that we come to. Lord, I I don't have the capacity to love that way. I know. I know. This is actually great. This is my body. Given up for you.